Hello, this is designfootball.com podcast episode 25. My name is Jay, I'm the resident blogger on designfootball.com. Today I'm going to be talking about the retro football shirt market or the retro kit market and I'm joined by John Devlin, famous for the True Colours football kits books and True Colours websites. Hello John, how are you? Hello Jay, yeah good thank you. Yourself? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. Uh, so, just to make things clear, what we're going to be talking about today is shirts which have been recreated for the modern market. So shirts from 60s, 70s, 80s, maybe earlier, um, maybe even more recent, but re-released uh, in various forms for uh, the current consumer, the consumer of 2017. Um, what, what's your, what are your feelings on... I mean, very. There are lots of different areas of this market, but what are your general feelings on the concept of, of recreating something from the past in that way? Is it is it something that appeals to you? It does appeal. I find it immensely confusing, um, and I'm kind of old enough to remember when Toffs first started and and looking at what who what they emphasised then, what they were, what their focus was then, and watching how it's changed and and where we're at and how it relates to people wearing kids. Because of course, you know, it's only relatively recently that you could go to a game wearing a two year old or three year old shirt and not feel a fool, you know. Years ago you'd be out of date. You couldn't you couldn't do that. You had to wear the latest kit. It feels like now there's a bit more of a richer dare I say, potpourri of shirts that you could choose to wear to a game. And that's where I think, you know, the retro shirt makers are, are jumping on that now. Yeah, so there's something we'll come on, come on to in a second, is the idea of uh, what is a retro shirt versus an original shirt. Original shirt with a small O, meaning something that you've either held onto or acquired more recently that that is the original release. So there could even be maybe a snobbery between the two. So is is that a is that a, a remake or is that a is that the original thing? And and quality often tells you um, in different ways. Quality will tell you. So sometimes you'll look at it and say, "Well, okay, well, that's not accurate." And sometimes you look at something and say, "Well, that's actually battered." So I assume that that is that's old. So well done for still having that shirt <laughs> from your youth, or well done for managing to acquire it through whatever means uh, are open to you the reason why this has come to the fore recently is um barcelona have, have announced a, a new range with copper so copper is a, a retro brand uh, they do various things they do t-shirts and, and all kinds of different things but they do retro ranges as well um they've got various clubs and I assume it's fully licensed but the new one that they have which is entirely official is barcelona and They've done very well. A lot of those shirts are, are really desirable. But I noticed that there are also ranges on the ScoreDraw website, which ScoreDraw is obviously another big retro manufacturer, and um, and on the Tofts website, and Tofts you've already mentioned. Do, do, what is the thinking behind that? Do you have any idea on licensing, on how someone could be the official partner when it comes to retro wear, but there will still be other brands making it and selling it because you uh, for example score drawer is available through sports direct i think so they do very right. well through that yeah it's um i lose a lot of sleep over it to be honest i do i do mm. wonder a lot about this long in late into the night 
licensing in football goes through different as far as I'm aware it goes through different phases and certainly sort of five or six years ago it was all about exclusive deals so clubs were signing exclusive deals with um, poster companies book publishers stationery you know it was very much and you couldn't you couldn't touch it if you weren't that company I'm wondering now looking at this because I think we've even got Barca stuff on Toffs as well so you're looking at them mm. across three different ranges yeah it's very odd if they if they are doing that if they're not having an official um, licensee but also could it be that actually one company are making it and and could almost sub subcontracting it or sub licensing it through the other firms that might be what's happening because I really can't believe that there's three different companies making three different styles of Barca shirts it, it, mm. I think there's more to it than that, but quite what that deal is, I'm not not party to. Yeah, I I, I wonder if it's it's old contracts that are, are ongoing, um, and maybe they they have a cut off period. So I don't know whether Copper maybe take over a particular period and then score draw and and toss retain other other periods and then. Eventually no, that overlap. will come to an end. I don't know. No, there is there is overlap. Looking at looking at some of the stuff there, it's funny because I mean, as I say, Toffs were always the the kind of uh, market leaders. Although there was mm. another company called Arkwright way back in the nineties. Mm. I don't know okay. if they merged with Toffs. Um, I'm not sure, but. When Scoredraw came along, which, if my memory is correct, I first became aware of them probably a few years after my second book came out. They. Mm. The stuff disappeared from Toffs and appeared on Scoredraw. So that yeah. suggested to me that Scoredraw had, had plucked those contracts away from Toffs. And, but again, we're looking at it now and we're seeing the same shirts on all three sides. So it's, again, it's mm. slightly different. Yeah. Yeah. So the way I used to look at it is Toffs, when they say the old fashioned, because Toffs started to say the 90s, did they? Would that be right? I think it's 1990. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so especially then, if you're going back far enough from there for something to be retro or something to, to be commonly accepted as retro, then you're going back to a period before sponsors, before yeah. manufacturers' logos. And yeah. and often, if you look back at how Admiral started, Admiral used to just make replica shirts for loads of teams, didn't they? And they didn't really care. It didn't matter who made the actual playing wear for each club. They would just That's right. Before and say this is a Celtic shirt or a Manchester United shirt. Before Admiral's golden period, you're quite right. They would knock out a uh, you know a Celtic shirt, a Crystal Palace shirt, or whoever it was. Hmm. So, so Toffs sort of went down that that line, and I don't know. I, I I don't know the inner workings of it, whether they actually applied to each club for licensing, um, and then each club probably would have to go to their own manufacturer and say, look, we've got this great deal available to us here. Uh, will you allow us? To, although we have exclusivity, you have exclusivity with us. Yeah. Do you allow us to to license out our old shirts, or they go through their own contract and say, actually, this is only for this season shirts. We've got to deal with them. So the rest of it, the rest of the IP is actually ours to do what we want with. So they that's, pass it out to them. Yeah, that's pretty think? much it. I know when clearing the stuff for True Colors, a couple of clubs said to me, "Hmm, we like this idea, but we're not sure how our current sponsor." It's going to be um, how pleased they will be when we're highlighting our previous sponsor. It's like talking mm. to a girlfriend about a past girlfriend, isn't it? You know, it's it's a little bit morally and ethically questionable. So that certainly was a, an issue. But what you've said is really interesting, that when Toffs first started, and I remember this distinctly, it was as a reaction to modern mm. 
manufactured, um, modern sponsored, logoed up shirts. That was, it was the antidote. Because it was saying, these things are hideous. Let's go back to the 60s and the 50s and wear heavy old button-up collars and then crew necks and stuff. So it was actually a reaction to um, commercialism in football shirts. And yet look how it's come, you know, 20 years later. Look where we're at now. Yeah, so, so this is the the newer development. Is and, and Toffs, I think, started with this. As time went on, things from... 10 years prior to, to where we are now suddenly yeah. would have had the the manufacturer's logo on it would have had sponsors it would have had more detail certainly adidas stripes and so on so i remember toff started bringing out these shirts and the quality wasn't great the accuracy wasn't great and i i wonder mm. whether it's just we're we're not careful enough with this we're not putting enough effort into this to make this accurate or Things like Adidas stripes, yeah, that probably wouldn't be allowed, and it might be an agreement. Yes, you can recreate it, but don't put our stripes on it. That's right. But I also wonder if there is actually a a stipulation that, yeah, you can make it, but it's got to be crap. Because <laughs> if you make it really good, that is going to affect our sales in another way. And some of them were so bad that I wonder whether that was actually said that... You you can make it poorly, but don't make it good. I, I, it's an interesting point of view. I mean, I, I must say at this stage, I'm in. I'm not kind of endorsing any retro brand above another, or not putting anyone down. You know, mm. um, but that's an interesting concept. I, I remember Toffs being very very proud. I've got several old Toffs catalogues which I've kept, and mm. uh, these two is lovely A4 catalogues, and they're always incredibly proud of. Um, the quality of what they were doing again because mm. effectively the the undercurrent the undercurrent of context was or message was current shirts aren't very good they're all manufactured mm. in thailand and blah 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 we're yeah. going back to good old british manufacturing with heavy old cotton you know that they were very proud of that i think yeah. the difficulty came because a lot of the time the older shirts the um 40s 50s 60s shirts they wouldn't have been badged up a lot of the time and of mm. course unless there's a badge on it, it it's just a blue shirt or just a red shirt so Toffs had to bend the rules slightly by slinging badges on it because that was their way of saying this is an officially licensed um licensed product but of course the other thing is certain design elements like the three stripes is a great example you just can't reproduce those um so that that they're a no-go and then finally and this really came to the fore with the admiral stuff in the 70s if you put out an admiral retro shirt exactly the same as it was in the 70s only the hippest of the hip would wear it because you'd struggle to get away with those Mm. collars and that cut in today's fashion climate if you like so there was always that thing that the designs were taken and just made that little bit more palatable for today's yeah. high street market and that's that's always been and i'm sure jay you i think you'd agree that as a, as a football kit anorak that's the thing that's always you always think oh it's not quite mm, not quite right you know yeah. um because you're there's, looking there's, at a style from 30 20 years ago yeah that that's i mean we are obsessive to an unhealthy level but I would look at that and say that there's an integrity issue with that. If you are, if that is yeah. what you've chosen as your business model, and this is what we're going to do, then to then say, "Oh, we have to water this down." Look, look at the, look at the bottom line. We have to water this down yeah. because people are not going to buy this if we don't water it down. And there is an element of that that 
the market for the retro shirts, so the 50s, 60s, and 70s, we're not it again. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how many of these podcasts I need to say we're not the market. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what we think because they're not aiming at us. But with those shirts, I, I think it is the... I, I don't know what phrase to use here, but the the fan of the football club rather than the football shirts. Yeah, it's that's they right. are aiming at, at not fair weather fans, but maybe casual fans who are not uh, as obsessive as us. And if you're doing that, then you've got to make it saleable in a way that maybe compromises the accuracy. And that's right. That's, and, and for if- us, it's a pity. And when you look back again, and I'm going to go on about this again, when Toffs first started, as well as being a reaction to the, you know, the awful, that's their term, not mine, the awful commercialism of football, we go back to the good old days, they were also targeting a certain type of fan and a certain age of fan who couldn't, who felt like they couldn't get away with wearing a um, a sponsored shirt in, yeah. you know, shiny polyester. They were targeting older guys, older people. Mm to go back to that that was their initial market yeah because the thinking was we can't older guys can't get away with wearing a football shirt and of course what's happening is if you look at the early 90s the older person would they have had replica shirts possibly not so uh, it may well be that some of those tough shirts was the first retro replica shirt they may have ever owned but now we're looking at people that have grown up fully with replica shirts and again, it just changes that um, that market, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, that's I, I like that that idea, and I agree with it entirely. That it is going for maybe a middle age market when the mm. the current replica shirt market didn't certainly in the nineties where it really boomed. It wasn't really going for that. It was going for kids a lot of the time, and it was going for maybe people in their twenties and thirties. So to to aim your product at older people straight away is definitely what what was happening and definitely how it got picked up because they went oh yeah no this is more classic but when you think about it it's entirely perverse because just because the older person maybe doesn't like that shirt the you're still replicating what was on the pitch and it doesn't matter whether it was 100 years ago or 50 years ago or 20 years ago the person on the pitch was 20 years old or 20 to 30 years old so Mm. it doesn't make because you're wearing an older style shirt it doesn't make it it shouldn't make it any more palatable to the eye but somehow we've got this twisted logic where we go oh yeah the older you are the more retro classic shirt you're going to wear but also the funny thing as well is that if you think back i mean i remember the toffs market really exploded in the mid 90s that's Mm. my memory of it um when we're looking at euro 96 we're looking at fantasy football people like that and that was all about I don't think they ever people ever said it outrightly, but there was always that s- subtext again that they were saying, you know, we're not we're not supporting the modern commercialism of football. We 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 reject that. We're going to mm. go back to the good old days. So there was that stuff going on as well. But you, you're quite right. It's still what people were wearing, and you either you either get with the program that this is how shirts are now. This is how your team looks, or not. But and and again, people in their fifties and dare I say sixties now. They may have been the first generation of admiral wearing um, replicas yeah. back in the seventies. So you're, it's it's all to do with 
the nostalgia, the looking back mm. and what that means to you. And it's interesting yeah. now when I think Scoredraw were the first company that I remember really hitting the 80s stuff. So Scoredraw, when they arrived, I think they took the Toffs model and said, okay, but enough of that, enough of that 60s and 70s, long sleeve crew neck, let's mm. go right up to date, let's have um, Hafnir on an Everton shirt and mm. uh, Holston on a Spurs shirt and, and here we go. Yeah, that was... That was kind of an untapped market, but also because of time passing. So time passes, yeah. and then you, when you say retro again, retro, well, hold on, you've got to include the 80s in this now, and then the 90s, and then the, the noughties eventually. Um, well, I th- yeah, I think there's always a trend. My, and this comes down, this is just my theory, I think even with music and everything else, there's always a 20-year period. That seems to be, in the 70s, it was all about the 50s. In the 80s, it's all about the 60s. You know, there seems to be, that seems to be the, the general period, I, th- I feel, anyway. The the other thing with the the shirts prior to, say, the 80s and certainly the, the 70s, uh, certainly the 80s and, and probably prior to the 70s as well, um, is there's a timeless quality to shirts. The, the shirt design would have been kept on for many years and it, it would have been disposed of when they got tatty I suppose and then they yeah. would have gone okay well what what can our supplier make us now oh right you've got round collars on your shirts now okay that's fine yeah we'll take that then and that's that's how it would have changed it would have just changed organically with the times but you wouldn't and have very necessarily... suck- yeah, Sorry, Jay. as well yeah very sucky that, that the average fan um, wouldn't have noticed it's only when we look back at it and we can say oh look at that actually that mm. collar is slightly different to the 56 yeah. collar you know whatever mm. uh, and I suppose a good example of this is is probably the the Arsenal shirt book that you had a, a bit a certain amount of involvement in and and that sort of breaks it down and and you see the early shirts through the 20th century and how similar they were and how they changed and a much more gradual thing than yeah than the, the immediate changes season to season that we have now um and that transition that you mentioned between Toffs and Score Draw well, one example of that is, uh, and you you say you don't want to choose which one's better, but I, I used to like Toffs. I used to see the adverts on the back of the of World Soccer when I was a kid, and I used to think that that's fantastic. Um, mm. I don't think I ever bought. Oh, I tell you what, I bought from them. I once bought. I want. I, I was running the London Marathon, and really, um, I didn't. I never I, knew that. Oh, it, 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 it doesn't <laughs> seem possible now. I know, but in two thousand seven, I ran the London Marathon. And for whatever reason, I wanted to uh, wear a retro pair of shorts. And I rang up the Celtic Club shop and I went, okay, what I need is I need a pair of your 60s shorts with the number on the front and the back. I want the, and they just, I think it was run by Kitbag at the time. And the person was just going, "Uh, we don't have 60s shorts. What are you talking about? And I remember being furious and saying, well, why don't you have 60s shorts? Surely that's obvious. The 60s shorts with the numbers on the front and the back, a big number on the front and the back. Uh, so what I did, I bought a 60s pair of shorts from Toffs and I got my um, my girlfriend at the time to sew on. I cut these, I went to a material place in Bow in East <laughs> London like, and they looked at me like, well, what, how much do you need then? How, how many, how many metres of this do you need? And I went, one metre. And I said, one metre. They looked at me like I was a complete maniac. And so I bought one metre of green fabric from there. I took it home and I, I think I cut it out and then told my girlfriend at the time. And not only, this is how 
crazy my mind is. Instead of having like seven or something on the back, or even a ten on the front yeah. and back, so it's two numbers. I told my was yeah. So I told my girl, my girlfriend at the time to sew on a twenty nine on the front and a twenty nine on the back because that was like my favourite number. I mean, <laughs> how perverse is that? Anyway, yeah, sorry, yeah. I, I went off on a tangent there. Uh, that that is my thing. sole purchase from Toffs, I think. I've only ever bought one retro shirt, and that was from Toffs, and that was the classic um, Umbro Shrewsbury Town shirt. I was going to a fancy dress party, as, as I wanted to go to Derek Smalls yeah. from Spinal yeah. Tap. So I bought that shirt, and of course I looked at it, oh, it hasn't got an Umbro logo, what do I do, what do I do? And I, I made an Umbro, Umbro logo out of... Uh, paper and stuck it on for the evening and <laughs> did it that way i, just, well, I what, couldn't go out without having the umbro logo on there as well the, the collar's not as big though is it no it is it isn't it was a little bit it was a little bit of a disappointment i have to say just a tiny bit because the mm. collar needed to be bigger that i'm not going to say how to do this but there is one shirt i want and i'm not going to say what shirt it is because that's too much but there is i'll tell you afterwards that's okay, harsh. Okay. That's harsh to the 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 avid listener. Um, but there is a shirt that I and I've worked out the shirt I want. I can get from one of these the the current retro brands, and it's a fantastic shirt and incredibly rare. It's like so rare. Uh, okay. The most possibly the the most inordinately rare shirt there's ever been. I would say in terms of inordinately. So. When you think of other shirts for the time that have been reproduced and you can get hold of, and there were so many okay. copies, so many versions at the time, this one is incredibly difficult to get hold of. Um, I've seen one. I've seen one right. in uh, in my life, and that was very. The reason why I saw it was because of the a very specific place I was at the time. Um, oh, okay. I should look forward to that then. I'll tell you what it is, and but the 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 thing is, you could get it from a retro uh, stockist, but. I've worked out how to get the the badge that goes with it as well, which is very difficult to get hold of, and I've worked how oh, to okay. get that as well. So I'm going I'm going to to create it. In fact, I'm going to contact the retro. This is how mad I am. I'm going to contact the the retro stockist and say to them, the crest on that shirt is a little bit too high. Are you able to produce one for me where the crest is a little <laughs> bit lower? And see what sort of answer I get from them. That's worth a try. Yeah. If not, I'll I've just got a rough it. idea what kind of answer you're going to get. But yeah, <laughs> see if I'm right. <laughs> um, okay, so the, when this transition happened from a brand which was Toffs, who specialised in the older shirts, which did look great, I did like those a lot. Then they started making the slightly more recent things. They saw, and I, I agreed with the logic. They saw the shirts that were that weren't being retailed and they started to, to jump on that, which is incredibly clever. I don't know how yeah. the licensing worked, but they did one which was, and you've said that you're gonna sit on the fence over, over which brand is better and not, and not which is fine. Um, but it was crap, which was the Tottenham Hotspur against Blackburn, the League Cup final shirt. The Do you remember one. that one? That was the, oh, the okay. it, where they flipped the colors. Do you remember it was? Yeah, well, Toffs did a version of that. Toffs did a version of that, and it was horrendous. It was so bad. Okay, um, I didn't know that. But it was it was it was a clever move to do it because obviously it was something that wasn't available. Yeah. Um, did they did they win or they lost it? Didn't they? Did they win? Uh, no, they won. I think didn't they? I'm sure they did. I think they lost. 
Oh dear, I should know. Anyway, yeah, you're right. They did. They did two one. Okay, right. So that's probably what it wasn't for the same reason that Southampton shirt in this this season League Cup final hasn't been retailed. I'm 100 percent sure if they'd beaten Manchester United, they would have retailed that white third shirt. Um, well, because the, the myth the myth comes out, um, and I think Jeff Mosh mentioned it in his Spurs shirt book yeah. that Adidas claimed they could, the cost of reproducing a retro version of a re, um, replica version of that shirt wasn't financially viable. I don't know if I'd buy that. I really don't. But anyway, that's what was that was what was said at the time. I'm not, I think I'm not it's saying. Not, I think it's not. I think it's the case if if you don't. It's, it's not true. It's Adidas. Adidas did it in 1991 with the Cup Winners' Cup final shirt that Manchester United wore. That, that was the only right. game it was worn in, I think, wasn't it? Yes, I think so, yeah. Against Barcelona in the final, and Adidas retailed it because they won the game. Um, so I imagine... Yeah, commemorative. Mm. So maybe not for Spurs because a League Cup win isn't regarded as as highly as the other trophies, maybe. But I think for Southampton, certainly, for them, Southampton to win a bit of silverware, if they had won yeah. the other week, then they would have retailed that shirt. Um, and that would have, and that, that, do you know what? That would have been a really nice shirt to have, to have done. We're going off topic here. Right? But I think that would, that would have been a really nice shirt to have done had they won. Yeah, yeah I, think it's a, I think it's a nice shirt. I don't, I don't necessarily think it was the best way to solve. I know that they wore it because they wanted to wear Southampton's colours in the final. And... Mm. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been able to because they would have worn their black and grey away kit. Um, but I don't think white shirt, red shorts, and I think the hooped socks is the best way to to to, to take to the pitch against Manchester United. I think you should have they probably should have had white shorts on, but um, that's a, a okay. moot point, really. Another um, story. Yeah. The yeah. So this was the transitional period when when they started to do that and. And then score draw came in, and score draw's approach was far more with the modern shirts. They it's seemed very to bullish, go for wasn't it. it? It was. Um, it seemed to be that they were they were taking it head on and saying, "Okay, we're going to mm. try and reproduce the the modern style of shirts as well as we can." And they've improved over time. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, they um, again. You're looking at some of the positioning of elements isn't quite right, and, and that's where you know <laughs> I'm not touting for work here, but the kind of the, the areas that we operate in, and that I'd, li- I'd like to think the eye for detail, the likes of all of our, you know, the people we we speak to about shirts, is ideal to get involved with a project like this to really give it that once over. But you know, that's I, the way it goes. You know what I I tell you. I agree, and I wholeheartedly agree that you will you would be an asset to any company that's involved in any of these things, and and to in terms of quality control and all these things. But I also think that when a company relies on it, I I'm surprised that they get things wrong, and I again wonder if the reason why they're getting things wrong is something that I don't know about, whether it's a licensing thing or whether it's um, uh, production costs. I mean, I've I've spoken to guys from Score Draw before, and mm. they they very they're very clear about the fact that they know their business. So mm. they they won't they'll they're fair. So if you say, oh, what about this and this, they they might say, okay, well that's an interesting idea. I know my business, so I know mm. what will sell and how to produce things. This 
masses involved in it in in terms of production in terms of day-to-day -day, making sure that you you're getting the correct margin and going about it yeah. the right way um i would say there's a reason for everything even the things that they they do wrong um i don't know what that is and maybe okay. it is simple this is why i will contact them and say crest a bit high on that shirt because if if they're it is just an accuracy issue and then I, I'd hope they'd go, if it's something that can be quickly changed, they'd go, oh, all right, cheers for that. Yeah, we'll change it. And from that mm. point on, they would they would update it. If it just is an oversight, but I suspect in a lot of cases, it's not an oversight and there might be a, oh, a specific reason for it. And it might be I, to do I, I, with the modernisation. Yeah. So adapting be. to the current market. And of course, yeah, because I can't believe a club would allow their brand to go out on anything that wasn't 100% fantastic. You know, there'd be the quality control, I'd like to think, that a club officially licenses, it, you know, they need to check it over. It needs to be great. Mm. I, yeah, I would say that. It. I don't know if the, the words great and accurate are synonymous, though. That's the, where I Possibly where I don't not. Know. Yeah, yeah, possibly That might not, be yeah. the, the mm. problem with it. The... Okay. Another range that we've noticed, as as well as Toffs, Score Draw, and Copper, um, is the Liverpool Retro range, which is you can get from their store. That one's an interesting one, and I am not one hundred percent sure who's actually making it. There are some Score Draw items on there, but a lot of the more yeah. recent ones don't look. They don't have Score Draw labelling in them. I don't think. Um, well, this is. Yeah, I mean, this is you've hit an interesting point here. I think when we talked about Barca earlier as well, there is definitely something, there's definitely, what's the word, mechanics behind the scenes that we're not aware of that are meaning, you know, the way that these shirts are produced and marketed and under, under what label they appear. Because I think you're right. I think Liverpool are kind of working, probably working with Scoredraw to produce these shirts. Um, I don't think the club themselves are generating them, are they? I... Well, what make, there's two things about it that, that confuses me. The first thing is the accuracy on the... Uh, they've got the goalkeeper shirt. I don't know which ones they've got. They've got... The, the last time Liverpool won the league, which is 1989-90, they had a shirt which then ran over to the next season, uh, 1991, which was mm -hmm. the paint-fleck white triangles yeah. thing. Um, mm -hmm. So they've got that, and they've got the goalkeeper shirt from this season, which was the same design, but in green. Uh, both of those seem inaccurate and they seem of a lower mm. quality than score draw usually do. So with score draw now, some of them I, I really struggle to find the difference. There's some great ones they do. Um, there's a Leeds one, the Yoboa Leeds shirt they do, oh, okay. which I have to actually go back and look at another picture of the original Leeds shirt to tell the differences because it's so accurate, I think. Mm. Um, and there are a couple of differences. Obviously, it was made by ASICS. But... Mm. I look at those two two shirts and go, yeah, that's virtually perfect, and it's acceptable to wear that despite it being a a reproduction. It's it's acceptable to wear that. Those Liverpool shirts, they're poor, and that's the first query I'd have about it. Why why are they so bad if Scoredraw are making them? Because I'd expect Scoredraw to do better than that. Um, okay. The other thing is they're using that West Germany thing, that West Germany ribbon. Now that yeah. is. The thing that surprises me, obviously the current manufacturer at, at Liverpool is New Balance. So for yeah. Adidas to, I would imagine Adidas would have to license these things out. And I don't know if, I don't know if they would. I, I, obviously there's previous okay. shirts, but 
Adidas have been using that design recently, that ribbon thing. Mm. On last year or the year before, there was a whole range that had that West Germany ribbon thing across the front. And I don't know. Would did, yeah, so that was surprising. Well, well I, I don't know. I think if you're looking at trademarked designs, so for example, if you look at the candy um, paint flicked Liverpool shirt that's out at mm. the moment, they've just got. I think it's just a single white stripe on the sleeve with a little bit of grey trim mm. to kind of hint at what the original Adidas one would have been like. Yeah. So the three stripes, we all know the three stripes are trademarked as as yeah. much as the Adidas logo. Mm. I'm wondering if the paint fleck, des- paint fleck design and the ribbon design are actually trademarked or not. I mean, of course they're part of the design, but are they something that can't then be reappropriated onto a, a retro shirt? Because I mean, Liverpool, I think Liverpool, Arsenal, Man United all wore um the ribbon design in their their training wear in the yeah. 80s so it's it's accurate as far as that goes but mm. it might just be that that's not able to be trademarked in the same way that the 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 Liverpool collar the v-neck on the 80 86 shirt that era that that can't yeah. be trademarked either I, I don't know how that works with whether there's a payment that goes to Adidas as well it might be might yeah. it? I don't know I, it must be it must be a license thing i can't believe that they do something like that so but these are the interesting things and see in team wear designs you'll see small companies and you go that doesn't that look like a of course, an Adidas yeah. design that that was i'm sure that was an adidas design a few years ago they just ripped that off and of course they haven't ripped it off or generally speaking they haven't ripped it off although i know some team wear companies that do but generally yeah. speaking they haven't ripped anything off they've contacted the manufacturer I don't know which order this will happen here, but they'll contact the manufacturer and the manufacturer's gone, okay, well, we're not using that at the minute. Let's make some money from it. So they'll license it out. Now, and and you'll pay a fee for that. Um, But I don't know what order that happens in. Maybe they do it and then the company contacts them and says, well, we can sue you or you can carry on making it, but you pay us a fee for it. So you choose how how much it's going to hit your pocket here. There may um, be a couple of reasons for it. I mean, I think the bruised banana Arsenal shirt, that, that particular pattern, that cropped up on several um, yeah. lower league shirts the season after, two years after. You know, right. th- there was no, there was no blight, there was no um, subterfuge there. That's that's what happened. It, it was, you know, pinched almost. What's, what's, didn't Portsmouth have it on their shirt the same season? Something similar. That was the influence shirts, wasn't it? I think Portsmouth and Cardiff had something very similar to it the, the, I'm thinking of I don't know if I'm getting Huddersfield or Stockport in my head but one of those two I'm sure wore very very similar v-necked, um, v-necked the kind of zigzag geometric design mm. but, but again though Jay you know you look back at that period and all these different manufacturers such as Scoreline, Ribeiro, even Buckter they, was, they clearly were sourcing fabric from the same warehouses because you'd see the same shadow patterns appearing on several different brand shirts so there's always been a little bit of a uh, a kind of dipping into a big pot if you like and then sticking a logo on it and putting it out there and maybe that was mm. what was going on there i don't know that's interesting that's that that, that brings in another element another stage in the in the production line of of maybe there's a wholesaler that pre- creates patterns and then offers them to bigger manufacturers and says you want this and then they either pay for exclusivity of it or not and if they don't then they can then sell it out to to another company as well that could be it that could Mm. be it but of Uh, course the but when you talk about these patterns and and stuff of course there's been a a massive leap in the in the retro market this year with the the first shirts that appeared with manufacturers logos on there as well Mm. 
like the Spurs one. Yeah. So that was a that was a, a huge leap in the evolution of a retro retro shirt. Well, yeah, I mean, Adidas Originals used to make... So, the Liverpool shirt that I'm talking about, there's the only other version of it that there's been, the the one where they won the league, the last time they won the league. Uh, Adidas Originals made a version of it. It wasn't accurate. And again, it makes me think... So, it had the logos and everything on it, but it was was produced in a slightly different way. Um, But it's when Adidas got the Liverpool contract back again in the mid-2000s. Uh, so they made some of those, which was a great move, and it was something that was hope. People were talking about Adidas taking over the Arsenal contract before Puma got it, and that would have That's been great right. because you would have had an official um, Anfield '89 shirt. You would have had Bruce Banana would have come back for Arsenal fans. So all these things would have been part of the originals range because Adidas got the contract back. Yeah. Uh, so it never never happened. Puma got it instead. Uh, so there have been those sorts of shirts and. And Umbro were releasing retro versions. I've got a an Italian ninety England shirt. England that ones, Umbro yeah. released, yeah, which was a, a reproduction. Um, and as you say, the the key is that they've got the current kit contract. That's the key. The Spurs official retro shirt with proper branding throughout, yeah. even down to the replicate label, the tag on the shirt itself. It's the first time I'd seen that happen ever. Um, from a club that, from a company that didn't own, didn't own the current kit deal, mm. and, I, and the fact that that just slipped out without great fanfare is a mystery to me. I found it by accident, you know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the Spurs one amazed me and confused me for a long time because I thought, well, obviously they were Under Armour now. How are, how is yeah, this happening? Is this a retro shirt? Uh, at first, I thought it was the original shirt. It's very well, well made. That one, I, I, I think yeah. people have have pointed out differences. But oh, the other On thing the that Umbro do is yeah. the other thing that Umbro do is when they reproduce these shirts. So far, that I've seen, and it's certainly the case with the the old England shirts that they used to that they reproduced a few years ago, is they'll make it more like the player version than the replica version. And I like that element, so things will be oh, embroidered really? rather. Than, yeah. That's oh, okay. Good. Yeah, sure, sure. And I think it's the case with the the Spurs shirt that it's it's far closer to the the player version than it is the replica version. I might be wrong, but I think so. But again, you're all about giving quality to people now, aren't you? Mm. That's it's almost a premium item. Um, what what was really funny looking at this before we spoke this morning? If you look at because I I like you, I was really confused by this and a bit kind of like you know what's going on here. And I spoke to Umbro and they said, yeah, it's something we've done with Score Draw, but again, to very little fanfare. If you look on the Scoredraw site and you look at the shirt on Scoredraw, they've photoshopped out the Umbro logo, which I find ah. really bizarre. I don't know why. And and again, we're 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 uncovering all these mysteries about what, what quite what's going on with all these different um, retro shirts. Why why would Scoredraw do that? I I wonder if that is a Photoshop. I reckon that's the old version that Scoredraw were making before the license was arranged for them Look to at put the, the Umbro logo on it. The label's got the replicate tag, but again, oh, it, it looks like but they've taken no the Umbro logo, logo off. Oh, I apologise. And yet you can That's look strange. at... There was another site I found this morning, just, you know, a third-party shirt site that had the complete Spurs range, including the uh, the Klinsman kind of dark purple yeah. shirt, the um, 
plum coloured shirt, was it? I don't know. You know, mm. with the famous dive across the pitch when he scored. Yeah. They've got the full range that score draw haven't got that on their site either. So again, you think, okay, you've, you've clearly really gone over the top here to make this as accurate mm. as possible. Presumably, with the um, the blessing from your current kit supplier, and yet yeah. it's not being marketed in a consistent way across all sites. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know about the score draw website. I went down the other day, and people thought that score draw were gone, but it is back. Um, really? Okay. Yeah, I think. Well, I assume that they've been they've been sort of taken in by Sports Direct, but I don't know. I don't know the ins and outs of, of okay. what their ownership is at the minute, but. But I would suggest that the score draw website has brings them only a tiny percentage of their sales, and the vast oh, majority of their sales are through Sports Direct. But I, I might be wrong about that. But, uh, but so also, I don't know how accurate the website is. But I think also with the um, the way that they're doing this, it's the um, it's it's the big money deals involved. Because I think uh, yeah. the reason why we're not seeing smaller brands supplying current teams is because of the sums of money are so large now. That's what's causing the problem. And, and clearly the money issue is vital throughout all of this in how yeah. these things come about. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the other interesting element of that is that you're putting an Umbro logo on something, but you're going to the experts to actually make it. And I, I suspect that Score Draw, if that's the case, if this is a, mm. a relationship between Umbro and Score Draw, mm. licensed from Spurs with the permission of Under Armour or out with yeah. the contracts that, that Spurs have with Under Armour, which is fascinating it's in itself. And it's interesting, yeah, there's something else that's interesting about it, but it's it's interesting that you would say, Scordroid, this is your area now, you produce mm. this shirt, and then we just put an Umbro logo on it. That is, that's bizarre, isn't it? Even though this, this well, was ours, we made it twenty years, uh, 25 years ago. But you're yeah. better at making these now, so you make it. We'll put our logo on it. I assume. I assume that's the case. I don't think they're better than make it. I think it's it's a it's a suits them financially for that to happen. But it, it, is it any different to um, um, to Kappa, for example, allowing many companies all around the world to produce Kappa shirts mm. that and sling a Kappa logo on, but they aren't actually produced by Kappa it's, yeah. it's again you're licensing that brand that's mm. all you're doing there and that's always been the um, the problem is that you're you know you can't fake if you do a shirt that's fake you're you're implying that Umbro have made this shirt but in this arrangement it's it is this joint venture where they're giving them the blessing it's like the same with Puma isn't it and Genesis in the UK mm. um, they're not made by Puma they're, they're made by Genesis who are the Puma licensees from yeah. the UK and, and that's where be. we're yeah, brilliant! Oh, the brilliant kids. I mean, but but that's the kind of era we're looking at now. Mm, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the other thing I was going to mention is if that is the case, um, then it ties in a little bit with the end of contracts because Spurs are mm. leaving Under Armour to go to Nike. So I don't know whether things get maybe get a little bit lax and they just go, yeah, just do what you I like. Don't know. We don't care anymore. <laughs> Or whether there is a it window might, of opportunity yeah. at the end of a contract where you can say, okay, well, we don't have a relationship with you. Maybe at the beginning of the season, that's where the relationship ends. So it you say, be. this is the last season together, and now we have this window where we can do what we want with our license before the, our new contract starts with our new yeah. technical partner, or whatever they call them. But again, it's you know, it's, it's really making the most and really making decent products from that mm. era. The... 
there's just one one other that's interesting again that I'd like to mention, and that is on the copper range. They do a, I think they do at least one Cork City shirt, and it's the one okay. with the, the obnoxious bars, and it's basically <laughs> the Adidas three stripes. Um, uh, so it's, they like had the a specific one, one. Like, yeah, like a sash yeah. one exactly. But no other clubs really had that. They were. Well, I don't know if any others. Dennis Hurley will tell me that other clubs had it, but I forget which. But that was a, a very distinctive Cork, uh, Cork City design, and they've recreate, recreated that one. But that's very clearly an Adidas shirt. That's like they're branding yeah. massively across it. And so I don't know what how the licensing works on that. Whether they've just gone, okay, we'll just take a punt on it and see what happens. I don't know. And it's again, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, that's a very Adidas design, and Cork City are with Nike, I think now. So that's a, a strange thing as well. So how the licensing works with that. It's a great shirt that people should... Uh, the, co- should the copper stuff, I mean, they, they obviously lean a little bit more continental, but there's some, mm. and, and it, you know, non-UK shirts, but there's some, there's some lovely stuff on there, I have to say. The, um, the thing is, again, I don't know the business well enough to, to say whether it should be the case or not, but I, as I mentioned with the Celtic shorts, I'm frustrated that we can't get shorts from that time when you think how iconic Spurs shirts uh, Spurs shorts were from that FA Cup final that mm. they're that they're re-releasing the shirt another version of it this one Umbro but they're not doing the shorts I think they should do the shorts and other people have called for them I don't know I think um, <laughs> I'd like to I was going to say I think you're being romantic about shorts but mm. that might have come out wrong but I think <laughs> that the, the shorts nowhere near have the same iconic impact i mean yeah we can pick out the spurs shorts and we can pick yeah. out maybe the scotland shorts from 86 i don't think anybody would want to yeah. wear again but there's there's very few oh, shorts I that... <laughs> yeah. but i think there's good. very few shorts that are iconic it's <laughs> it's uh i think they'd be struggling with that market because of course shirts that the why replica shirts went so crazy after the initial kids wearing them to play football in is that people were wearing them not to play football in and the idea of going into the pub or yeah. you know shopping around town in a pair of uh sort of uh, 1991 spurs shorts mm. i can't see that happening that might be where that falls down the business model might not be robust enough i think well this i i've argued this before i don't know i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not someone who makes much money so maybe <laughs> don't, don't do ever st- listen to me um, do you still but, wear those 29 those 29 celtic shorts don't you? i've never what you do no i don't wear do them you? they're they're in i should they don't fit <laughs> they really don't fit <laughs> but uh i wouldn't oh my oh Dear, I would cry if I tried to put them on. I think they're that tight, are they? Yeah. Okay. No. Well, I, they must be. I, I just it would be too demoralising to try them on. Um, the the argument for the shorts is that you go on holiday and you sit by the pool. And what what? Why would you buy a pair of like? All right, so for swimming, you have specific swimming shorts, but you could you could retail some could swim. shorts that that you that yeah. are good for going swimming you could put that that netting thing in the middle um but there is there are opportunities to wear shorts why would you want to wear anything any pair of shorts other than football shorts so that's (laughs) i I wear shorts to go running and i'm not going to wear anything other than a pair of football shorts you make a fair point jay um, there is a market for it and i will prove it one day so (laughs) as, as an overall summing up of the shirt market the retro shirt market the the opposition to that is obviously the original with a small o element and the main yeah. stockist of those is classic football shirts 
what do yeah. you what do you see as the argument between the the two things do you is there a snobbery about it and would you what would you prefer would you prefer to have I the original s- thing or a retro remake i s- suspect there may be a little bit of snobbery i mean i think personally I would struggle, if I was a fan, I would struggle to wear a retro shirt that Mm. wasn't as accurate as possible. Mm. So if it didn't have uh, the manufacturer's logo, if it wasn't, um, if everything wasn't positioned in the same way, and let's face it, some some of these things, they they don't even get the sponsor's logos right. I won't name names, but some of them are even wrong, the way that the the, the logos are laid out. So I would always want to go classic. Of course, the difficulty is the price range. You look at a lot of the score draw top shirts they're actually really reasonably priced um you know half the price arguably of a current shirt Mm. and of course classic football shirts you're buying a bit of history and naturally the price is going to be more expensive so it's like you know would you be so keen to go out wearing uh, i'm not saying they're antiques but you're going out with an antique would you or or is it considered you're going to wrap up and keep in a cupboard that's the the argument there but for me i'd always be looking at accuracy 100 percent I, that is, you've summed it up perfectly there. If you can get 100% accuracy, then I would I would much sooner no have the modern yeah. version. But some people will go the other way and say, it's not the accuracy, it's the fact that it is. So it's 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 what it actually yeah, is. Of course. I, would, I would rather have the collector's item than a newer version for that reason. I don't have that element. If it's bang on, then I would sooner have a, a modern re- reproduction because no one else has worn it. It's mine. It's in good condition. Or it's in perfect condition because mm. it's brand new. Um, I would probably go in that direction. But that is so rare. It's so difficult to actually get that. That's right. And I've never been a shirt collector. So I've never had that collecting. Mm. I've collected loads of stuff in my time, but not so much shirts. So I've never had that mentality. It's like if you talk to a match-worn shirt collector, you look at how their mind works. And uh, quite often you're looking at fake match-worn shirts, you know. Um, so it's, it's all about your mentality and how you accept the item you've got in your hand. Yeah. Um, the other element to this is if you have a retro market, there's a responsibility element that comes with it. So we've talked about accuracy and the changes. There's, there's certain shirts. So the... Uh, the Barcelona... So Barcelona re-released the centenary shirt like very soon after their centenary uh they also okay. re-released the netherlands shirt from the 98 world cup when Bergkamp scored that goal against argentina uh and they re-released them like as i don't know as, as like retro examples but say 10 years after the event or something so that's a, right. a strange thing so 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 soon after something has happened to re-release it um yeah. and it was basically 100% accurate you just need to look very very closely to to tell the difference but sometimes what they'll do and I think Adidas did this with the France 86 World Cup shirts it that was the the first instance of it is you will fit it into whatever the the brand consistency is of the day so okay right one example is the Olympique de Marseille shirt that they wore in uh, in Munich in '93 when they beat uh, they beat Milan in right. the Champions League final. Adidas re-released that recently as part of the Originals range, but the original Originals range has the Trefoil logo, so mm-hmm. they re-released it with the Trefoil logo instead of the Adidas equipment logo. The bars on the shoulder didn't actually go onto the back, and they used the modern crest as well. 
that was really okay. really frustrating for me because firstly people are going to look at it and go oh right there's that shirt again yeah it's a good shirt and buy it when actually it's not that shirt it's really really not that shirt yeah and also if you, that is where the responsibility comes in yeah it's not responsibility you have a responsibility to to history to to the fans to to the club in a way that goes beyond whatever's going to bring in the most sales for you i think and we yeah. talk about the collars th- and so on yeah, you're, you're talking about integrity there, and I, I, that's you know, the nature of the, the, my work, my nine-to-five job. That sounds to me like it's somebody very, very high up saying, well, no, we can't let that go out unless it does this. Mm. And someone else saying, but it, but it's not accurate. It hasn't got integrity. It doesn't matter. Yeah. That could be what's going on there. And, it, and that is a shame because you, you what you're doing, you're falling between two stones and not actually satisfying anybody properly. Yeah. The... Uh that it's short-sighted, I think. There's mm. a myopic element to it where you say, I know my business, I know what will sell, but if you do something like that, then in in my eyes, but do I matter, I look at your brand and say, I remember when you did that. So your brand diminishes in my eyes because you did something that was, that was irresponsible, yeah. I think. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah. The other side, the other element, which they then think they have license to do as well, is to say, we're releasing this shirt from 1990. Say the Liverpool shirt we've mentioned. Mm. Adidas original say, we're going to do that. We're going to re-release that shirt. It's not accurate. For whatever reason, it's not entirely accurate, but it's pretty good. Also, we're going to have a range which um, derives from this shirt, which is new item, which are new items that were never worn at the time, but we think they'll sell well. So there was a tracksuit top that okay. had that, that paint splatter triangle thing all over it. Oh, right. A red one. Okay. And it had, I think it had a candy sponsor across the back. So they sold that as well, which is, it's not something from the time. No. Right. What do you think about that? Do you think that's, they have license to do that? I mean, no, they literally have no. license to do it, but no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, funny enough, I mean, you- I think we said earlier, retro um, tracksuits are really coming. They appear mm. to be coming back in. There's, it's quite. Uh, there's clearly a market for that, and there's, and, and there's, you know, it's lovely to see some of those old tracksuits coming back, but they don't. And, and funny enough, that reminds me when I was doing. I think it was when I was doing my second book, and on eBay popped up a Nottingham Forest shirt, an uh, Adidas late seventies Forest shirt mm. in white with red trim. And of course, I look at it, and my, you know, my jaw drops, thinking, well, "I've never seen this before." Yeah. And I emailed the guy and said, "Was this? Did, did Forrest ever wear this?" He said, "No." He said, "That's what makes it so good." So it was a, it was a retro knockoff, fantasy shirt from the seventies mm. that was, to all intents and purposes, like you say about the candy mm. paints black tracksuit, very feasible. You could see Forrest easily wearing a white and red version of their their yeah. classic Adidas top. But they never did. It, yeah. it was completely fake. You know, fake news is everywhere. Completely fake. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that was, I mean, it was a knockoff. That wasn't officially licensed. But it's, you are creating, um, you know, rep, creating shirts that, were, that didn't actually yeah. ever appear. Well, this is, you know. When I think about historians in 100, 200 years' time, the robot historians, the robot computer yeah. historians, and them looking back and trying to pick through all this and go oh yeah that was that was uh, the tracksuit they wore in in this year or that must have been <laughs> yeah, a third right. shirt and we have problems with it now like yeah. uh, rich had a the netherlands 88 shirt rich had a, a blue version of that with a netherlands crest oh, yeah. on it. it looked looked pretty good had a flock crest on it and it's it's not real and it's and there's been several versions of that of made course. by people because the assumption would be because they never wore an away shirt in that tournament that that would be what mm. the away shirt looks like. Classic football shirts had a a shirt recently, I think, and they talked about it, and it was, I can't remember what it was, I think it was maybe hoops or something. Oh, no, it was um, maybe a figure eight pattern or something, and that would have okay. more likely have been the away shirt that Netherlands would have had for that tournament. Um, so they had, yeah, they had a shirt which, which debunks the theory that the mm. isometric pattern from the home shirt would have actually been on the away shirt as well. But this is what people will do. If if there is a gap, people will yeah. fill it with information and they'll say, okay, well, this is what it must be. This is We extrapolate from this. This would be the case. And yeah, yeah sometimes that could be proved wrong, but you've got shirts and, on the market seen at this, that point. We've seen this more and more on eBay, aren't we, with, with um, this dreaded P-word prototype. You know, mm. let's get an old um, team wear shirt that's, you know, classic vintage eighties. Uh, let's sing, sling an Arsenal badge on it and call it an Arsenal prototype. Mm. Sell it for seventy, eighty quid when it's not. So there's definitely, and we and we know for a fact this is happening. That um, they've gone beyond match worn shirts. Now they're making up shirts, and as I say, calling it a prototype. Yeah, who's who's to challenge it? Who knows? Yeah, um, there are there are several retailers in inverted commas that are making retro shirts now and they're some of them are very accurate and some of the quality is going to be is going to be i don't know i don't know how they're making them i don't know what state the factory is in i don't know who's doing it because it's all clandestine and Mm. they're getting very popular because they're seeing they're looking at the retro market and if the retro market is growing as we think it is they're going okay. Mm. Well, they haven't done this yet, and they haven't done that. So there's there's a window there where we can go. Okay, well let's let's make that shirt before it gets made officially, or that shirt can't be mm. made officially because of the licensing. But people will definitely want it, and that that's a massive problem. Where they it is the yeah. the licensing the licensing is allowing a lot of shirts. So then you look at that and go. Well, if that shirt's available, then the equivalent shirt for my club must be available. You go and look, but because licensing doesn't spread across all of these different clubs, all of these different manufacturers, there won't be the opportunity to make that shirt. So people go, I need that mm. shirt from, from my youth, or I need it from when we won a particular cup. So I want it. So where do I go? And that's when these mm. dodgy people come in and go, well, we can make it. Um, it's a very very suspect market i think from somebody personally that's been held back in a way by Mm. copyright Mm. issues and not having the financial clout to to do that the idea that someone can knock off stuff that not only is exploiting 
their clubs kit past, mm. but actually creating fraudulent material because yeah. there's a difference between uh, doing something, a, a design, a print or whatever it might be based on a shirt to actually producing a shirt and sticking a badge on it. That's a, I, I think that is a big problem and I'm, I'm amazed they are getting away with it. I know my understanding of how they operate, this, it's all being made in the Far East in very small quantities. Yeah, Quality as you see them on your you know eBay screen is mm. okay. It looks it looks actually it looks very good. Sometimes the quality has been slagged off when the, the shirts have arrived, and yeah. sometimes not. Sometimes people have said actually you know it's pretty good. Yeah. But there's the devil's in the detail, and that's where they often fall down. And I, and and like you said earlier, I can't understand how they can fall down on it. There's there's no way you can get a num a, a, a number logo wrong. Everyone knows what they look like. <laughs> that is um, the, that is the what I've noticed a lot. They. They are getting, yeah. even on the images that they're putting up, the Umbro logo seems to be the one that they're getting so wrong. And I look back and I go, did Umbro used to have that as a logo then? I need to go back and look at it. And it's like so bad. And I don't yeah. understand why they would get something like that wrong. But good. but again, you, you know, Jay, it's, it's, a, it's a business model hmm. that you think, yeah, I applaud. Okay, that's really good the way that you're doing this. You're providing a service. But at the same time, you've got to do things... <sighs> you've got to do things in the right way and and why should a company another company spend all that money which and and I, you know i know the figures and the work that's involved with doing this mm. why should they do that and yeah. someone else not bother that's 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 the problem a little bit I yeah think. there's there's the idea of 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 knocking the the big guy down and and saying okay you've been exploiting people for for 20 years you give people a bit of of polyester and it's and you you charge enormous amounts of money for it when your margins mm. are huge but I, I don't really buy that argument everyone's been exploited by whoever this opportunist is that these opportunists are that are are creating these counterfeit shirts that they're exploited everyone they're exploited the the brands they're exploiting the clubs and and the the consumer as well because a lot of people will people don't understand it we don't, we don't understand it that well but General, the general public aren't going to understand the licensing elements. They're just going to see these shirts and go, "Oh, look, Adidas are making this mm. shirt again." No, they're not. They're clearly, they're not. Not, yeah. not from this stupid brand with a terrible logo. That's not the case. Um, and the fact, of the, the fact of the matter is, and the fact of the matter is, it's it's fraud, isn't it? It's it's only slightly morally more acceptable than when you go to London and, and see the knockoff Barca shirts in those little um, Oxford Street uh, souvenir places, you know, know. The, you know, the really bad ones. <laughs> Those, I don't understand how that's possible. I don't understand no, how I don't. On, a, on a the major thoroughfare of a country... You can have yeah. so many of those things dotting around, and there's the stalls, and they're in shops with these terrible. Yeah, yeah. That's that's not okay. It's not just because you haven't used the exact logo, and you, the watermarking is terrible, and the sublimation is it's all sublimated and it's it's shocking. Yeah, you're still using Messi's name. You're still using. Yeah. Th- these. You're still referring like, to I, it a club that exists. So you, I can't understand my trading stand. Well, exactly. trading standards, it's like, it's like taking sweets from a child, isn't it? Yeah. They've just got to think, it's a bit quiet in the office today. I oh, know, let's walk down Oxford Street and <laughs> yeah. um, get our quota in for the, for the month. You it's, know? It's actually amazing. I don't, it's, it's staggering. Oh, very staggering strange. To this day. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, there are these, these spin-off elements. The other spin-off element is the information is the IP on a lot of these things are 
are range based um, mm. by the manufacturer. So everyone got a template in in say ninety one ninety two with the obnoxious bars across the shoulder. So Adidas are now re-releasing that, not specific to clubs, but releasing a lot in their leisure range and um, oh, are they? the sportswear in like the gym market and all that kind of stuff. Athleisure, athleisure, um, okay. Uh, so they're re-releasing a lot of that stuff. So that's that's quite good um, because it's it's worth coming back. And the New Mexico shirt, not not sorry, not the New Mexico shirt. I don't know if New Mexico has a football team, but the <laughs> the Mexico shirt that's about to come out, I believe, right. has those three bars at the bottom that Liverpool really? ninety three and USA ninety four shirts had. Um, okay, but it has it as a watermark. Right. Okay. So the Adidas stripes are on the shoulder, but it still has yeah. uh, those big three bars at the bottom, which looks a bit odd. But it's nice that they're they're nodding back to those those kits because they were interesting kits as well. So um, yeah, just that that's where the retro element comes in a little bit differently. Uh, but yeah, as as we say, there's there's all kinds of uh, facets to it, and all round, I would say it's a good thing for the consumer and the football fan and the football kit fan. Is that, Would you agree with that? Definitely, because I mean, my argument is always that kits should not be forgotten about after that year has gone. You know, after that year season, right, or, you know, or even nine months now, ten months, <laughs> they've some of them are so good they've got to be remembered and, and, and why not wear them again? So I, I think it really does provide a good service. It will be interesting what... What fascinates me is where it's going to go next. What era are we going to look at, and what what classic shirts and in inverted commas are they going to pull out for the next range of score draw, score draw ones? Yeah. Where is that going to go? How fondly do we? Is there a point when supporters stop fondly looking back on certain shirts, rather than the likes of us kit nerds? You know, how does that how does that all work? So it's going to be, it is going to be interesting, and potentially this deal with score draw and Umbro this year could blow it all apart that could really let allow things to expand um that that is it is a in the retro market that is sort of a, a final frontier isn't it to to license out the retro elements to mm. the per- people who had this the the license in the first place and the th- i prefer that i if that is something that's going to happen that's much better so barcelona we Obviously, there's three Barcelona ranges. Nike actually released a range of 60 shirts with the Nike logo on them. So that there was an idea that Johan Cruyff, when he played for Barcelona, 60s, 70s, whenever it was, 70s, I think, mm. um, he would have had like a Nike logo on his chest. So again, the historian looks looks at that this re-release of the Barcelona shirt from the 70s with a Nike logo and go, oh right, Nike were producing football kits okay. in the 70s. You think no, that's that can't be good. So to always be able to get it as accurate as possible, if that as as well as meaning that you license stages of your history out to different manufacturers. If everyone on board is okay with that, then that is the ideal, yeah. isn't it? I don't know how yeah. happy Clash yeah. Football shirts will be with that because that would I think that'll be terrifying for them. Maybe I don't know. I, I can't possibly terrified about anything, but um, th- that is the that opens up all kinds of different doors to 
to the market. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, uh, definitely, also, definitely, there are the the brands that are, are out of, that are, have gone bust and so on. So that's a grey area as well about whether you can then reproduce items with the logos of, of people that have gone bust. Uh, those Liverpool shirts. Well, you can Yeah, you can do that because somebody somewhere will own that logo. So you, yeah. you just have to track down who owns track it. Down the person. Um, so, so again, that, that, it's a licensing thing. Yeah, that is that yeah. is doable. It, what was interesting though is when you talk about you know defunct logos, there's also um, defunct ranges. I mean, even as we're talking, just sort of glancing at Score Draw, some of their ranges have, have really reduced now. In fact, it, you know, Score Draw's um, portfolio is, is relatively small. And even on tough some stuff you can't get anymore. So no. already we're seeing retro shirts. That's it. No longer gone. No longer available. <laughs> a shortage of retro no shirts. That's that's amazing. But it's it's interesting. Things will change, and, and as deals expire and everything else, that's where the um, the variety will come in. The the one item that I would like is uh, the the Napoli socks that. Diego Maradona wore for Argentina against Yugoslavia in the Italian 90 World Cup. So just um, <laughs> right. white, you, white you socks. Know, you've completely with, lost me there. Uh, yeah, so Argentina had white socks in that game. So they obviously had the yeah. Adidas socks for the game. But Maradona, became, because he was so individual for whatever reason, it was in Florence, and I haven't still haven't worked out why he did it, but he wore his Napoli socks in that game. Did he? White Napoli socks instead of the Argentina socks. And they just—I uh, never knew that. What a great story! Yeah, plain, plain white socks with uh, just a light blue and airy um, logo on them. And, right. Uh, okay. Uh, Those—if they—if re- someone re- an arrow have gone bust, I think. I think. Right. I okay. I saw them on the web. Oh, I don't know. Um, but yeah, if someone would reproduce those socks, I would. I would get those Excellent. immediately. And <laughs> there the you Barcelona. Go. That's another thing. The Barcelona white shirt from the seventies. Uh, it's just a plain white shirt with a. I could make it myself, I suppose, with a Barcelona crest on it. Uh, yeah, get your felt chip pens out, Jane. Do it. <laughs> I might do it's that. Easy done. <laughs> yeah, I'll do that's that. This afternoon, taken care of. Yes, indeed. Uh, so those to to end on that note, those are the items that I would get. So make those. Whoever has the license, get the license, make those, and uh, contact me, and I'll, I'll buy those. It's <laughs> one sale. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that is that's that's the retro sh- retro shirt and kit market. We've we've done that. It's done. Uh, as, <laughs> is there anything else to say on that, John? No, I think that's. I think we've we've. There's a lot of questions there, so hopefully we'll get some answers once this podcast goes out. It'd be it'd be nice if we can get some of these gaps filled in by people. Yeah. So if anyone does know, then you can contact. Me, I'm J29ers on Twitter, so please contact me if you can fill in any of these gaps. Uh, John, you are True Colours Kits on Twitter? That's it, yeah, perfect. Yeah. And you're on Facebook as well? I am. I'm not. I've got to get more active on Facebook. Twitter seems to be the, mo- the, the best way for, for True Colours at the moment. Okay. Um, but yeah, so yeah, tr- Twitter's great. Good. And it's truecolourssfootballkits.com. Website, yeah. The website, okay. Well, is, has that been. Have you got new stuff on there? Uh, a little bit. I'm doing what I'm focusing on at the moment a lot is the uh, Premier League kind of re- recaps. Who's wearing mm. what? So I'm fascinated to look at what away shirts are being worn 
and what the results of those away shirts are. So hopefully, what I'd like to do at the end of the season is recap and say, okay, Chelsea wore their away shirt six times, three times they didn't need to, and they lost all of those games. And just see if there's any interest coming out of those figures. So that's kind of how that's going to work. Okay, interesting. Okay, Um, so those those are the ways you can get hold of John. Uh, If you are after the website, the website uh, Design Football is design football on twitter designfootball.com on facebook and obviously visit the website enter competitions there's lots of different things going on right now so enter those competitions um and uh, you can sign up to the website you can set up your own competitions if you'd like to so that's an option open to you um and yeah have fun because that's what the website's there for so thank you very much john for coming on and no my pleasure always great to come on with you jane uh, pleasure having you on and uh, glad you could uh, we'll speak to you soon and um, yeah excellent thank you bye bye now cheerio bye bye